Good morning, Burrow. That's right. It's 9 a.m. Time for the Morning After Sports Show, and I am your host, Tubby. Today, I am joined by special guest, Jamon Mason, alumni here from Edinburgh. Uh, just signed a contract to play in the uh, Canadian League. I believe kind of like the, the Canadian NBA, so we do have a, a pro baller here with us today. Jamon, how are you doing today? I'm doing good, thanks. So, uh, a lot of excitement, a lot of stuff went down, a lot of things happened here uh, on campus over the weekend. Uh, we had uh, an exciting uh, football game to start off uh, Saturday. Edinburgh Fighting Scots taking on the Seton Hill Griffins. And... Uh, Clark and Fetcher went ahead and uh, set some records as they um, handled this one easily, 56-12 to 12 over Seton Hill. Uh, trying to figure out. Um, so they finally, uh, Edinburgh finally broke out of their slump. And uh, then uh, James Clark eclipsed the career receptions record previously held by Dan Darren Massey, the senior wide receiver, now has 195 career catches. Walter Fletcher, meanwhile, broke Edinburgh's single-game rushing record with 328 yards, scoring four touchdowns while going over 1,000 yards for the second straight year. He boosted his total to 1,075 yards. Fletch out there just taking, like, if you got a chance to see it. He just absolutely would not be denied Saturday. Like, he, there wasn't any stopping him. It didn't matter. 300-pound lineman, psh, forget about it. He's a tough back. He's, he's hard. He, he runs hard. So, uh, And then behind him, uh, Kyle Gaelic also went over 100 yards uh, for 112 yards total on the day. Now, Gile, or Gaelic, he's also on the track team, uh, one of our premier sprinters, and adds just a, a little bit of a different wrinkle. Um, Jared Keller had a fairly good day, 14 uh, completions, two touchdowns, two interceptions for 183 yards. Uh, defense showing up well, Derek Dorr, um, Trey Hall, all those guys just doing a really good job all the way around. It was a real complete game, start to finish. Guys came out, stepped on the gas hard, and just uh, refused to let off. So good Good job to them. Congratulations getting back on the winning ways. They next take on Clarion University. That'll be this Saturday at noon at Clarion. You can listen into that game right here on 88.9 WFSE as Chris Rosado Jr. and Luke Boniger will be on the call for that one. I will be back here in studio doing my part, running the board, hopefully. If things don't go awry. Also uh, in action this weekend, uh, women's volleyball coming away with the win on, uh, I believe, both Friday and Saturday night. Check out the box scores here for you momentarily as technology decides to actually work with me this morning. Cross my fingers. So, Friday night, they took on uh, Lock Haven University right here at Macomb Fieldhouse. They won that one 3-1. to one. And then Saturday in the nightcap at 7 p.m., the ladies uh, defeated Bloomsburg in straight sets 
three to zero. Bloomsburg is uh, new to women's volleyball. This is a, a new a new team for them. We'll go ahead and do a little bit of a deep dive here into this one. Uh, Edinburgh wins the first set 25-15, then the second set 25-16, then 25-20. Uh, let's see. Uh, on Edinburgh side, leaders for kills, Alicia Eldred had 11, C.R. Jackson 9, Sally Sturkle 8, Aces, C.R. Jackson had 2, Alicia Eldred 1, Megan Screpcock 1, Blocks, Paige Morris, five. Sally Sturkle, three. Alicia Eldridge, two. Assists, Alicia Eldridge, 31. Megan Screptalk, seven. And Molly Breer, two. And then for Diggs, I really didn't, I haven't seen this on this. Anyway, so uh, Megan Screptalk, 16. For Diggs, Molly Breer, 15. And Hannah Brentar, eight. The ladies next take on... They'll be at University of Pittsburgh at Johnstown. At Johnstown, that'll be this Friday, the 26th. And then they'll make the trip on down to Shippensburg University and be at Shippensburg on the 27th on Saturday. Then they'll bring it all back home on Tuesday to take on that school down south, Slippery Rock, right here at Macomb Fieldhouse. So make sure you come on out. And support the ladies for that. Then we'll get into, I guess, absolutely nothing because I don't have the webpage pulled up. Congratulations, Tubby. Way to run a show. For some reason, it's just not. In a lightning delay directly after football yesterday, the ladies' soccer team. It took on East Stroudsburg University. East Stroudsburg is ranked um, nationally, and they lost by a score of 2-1. to one. It was really close going into it, but they, as soon as they stepped on the field, they had a lightning delay. So you got to, as soon as lightning strikes, you have to wait 30 minutes to make sure uh, that another one doesn't happen. And then you go into, uh, then play can resume. So they did that, and then, so they, I think they got like a couple of minutes in and then lightning struck again so then they had another 30 minute lightning delay um edinburgh for this one had uh one goal 19 shots 10 shots on goal 10 saves one corner kick two offsides calls and 11 fouls um the first the edinburgh scored in the first half and then east strasburg scored in the second half to tie it up they go to overtime one, and nobody scored in that one. Finally, in over in the second overtime, East Stroudsburg gets the second goal and the win. Here's how it broke down for your Edinburgh players. Danielle Chatton with five shots, two shots on goal, one goal. Rebecca Mance, six shots, three shots on goal. Mary Sinnon, three shots, two shots on goal. And Sarah Reedy, two shots, one shot on goal. They are next in action here tomorrow night at the University of Pittsburgh at Johnstown. The ladies will be in action. So good luck, ladies, as they travel down to Johnstown for that one. We're going to go ahead and take a short break right here on the morning after. Uh, get things situated, and then we'll come back, talk a little bit about uh, talk a little bit here with Jamin about what he's up to, uh, what he's looking forward to, and what his time here at Edinburgh meant to him. 
You don't want to miss any of that right here on The Morning After on 88.9 WFSE Fighting Scots Radio. And we're back right here on The Morning After Sports Show right here on 88.9 WFSE Fighting Scots Radio. I'm your host, Tubby. Alongside me today is Edinburgh alum, Jamon Mason. Jamon, I know we were uh, we talked a little bit. We didn't get a whole lot in because we did the weekend recap of Edinburgh sports, but how are you feeling kind of being back now after graduating, being back on campus? How did, how does that feel walking around? Uh, a little bit weird, but it feels good to be back, you know, uh, just trying to get ready for the next moves that I'm about to be making here in the next couple of days. So if, if you've been living under a rock and you don't know, uh, Jay Monga signed to the Canadian League for basketball. What team will he be playing with? Uh, the Cape Breton Highlanders. Okay. Uh, where do you know exactly where that's at? In Nova Scotia, East Coast Canada. Oh, okay. So it, not too far. I mean, you still be able to to drive back and forth, kind of. In, mm. in a in a in a. You can, but it's a little it's a, <laughs> it's a little hike. It's a little bit of a <laughs> jaunt. You may have you may have to fill up the gas the gas tank more than once. Is what you're telling me? Yeah. Oosh. All right. All right. Well, maybe. Maybe not. I was going to try to plan on on getting uh, me and my co-host Miss Maddie and take a road trip, come up see you play, but. I don't know. You might have to take a flight. May have to take. A, <laughs> may have to take a flight on that one. Uh, so, what kind of process did you go through? Were there, were there tryouts involved, or or did you just get a phone call? Had they been scouting you for a while? Uh, I had no tryouts. Uh, it's kind of a long process. Uh, I was with one agent early on uh, after our season last year. Uh, stuff didn't really work out between me and him, so I had to get a new representation. Uh, that Coach Cleary actually helped me with, and so I had to, I signed with him, agreed for him to be my representation, and he pretty much got me into the league within like a day or two. So thankful for him, thankful for Coach Cleary for giving me an opportunity. What was what was that like, kind of courting? You know, you know, you go from being a player and and playing for a school. You know, you play for the school in in, in high school. And then you come to college and you play for the school, and then now, you know, like right after you graduate, then you got to go find somebody to help market you, where you're the product. Talk about like how that process was, like trying to find an agent, getting with an agent. Uh, actually, thankfully, it really uh, wasn't that hard for me because uh, Henri Wade Chapman, who used to play here, mm-hmm. uh, his agent now, he was always. Uh, not in college with me, but he was following me and stuff, and he uh, texted me a little bit after a little bit a little bit after the season, and was just talking about how he would like to represent me and stuff, and just talk talk about the business. So it really wasn't that hard for me. The hard, more harder part for me was just trying to get somewhere, and it happened later than, but as long as it happened, it happened. Now you were you were talking a little bit off here. Your season starts here in November. Yep. Yep, first game is November sixteenth. So you're gonna you're gonna roll up. You're leaving out like Friday. Friday morning. Yep. Leave out, and then you get like three weeks worth of practice for your first game. Yep. Now, what are you looking at as far as your role? Like, where do you think you fit in on on the team so far? Did you get a chance like to look at them, like uh, how they played? Yeah, a little bit. Uh, I don't really know right now. Uh, I know I'll be some of the playing both guard positions a little bit, but uh, 
I know it's going to be a, a learning experience, a lot of growth coming with it from me being a rookie. So I know I'll definitely have some learning, some learning curves to do, learn from the other guys that have been there or played pro basketball before. But, uh, I mean, I expect my role to be kind of like here, just produce in any way I can, help the team anyway, score, play defense, rebound, assist, uh, just try to do a little bit of everything. So what are your um, going in as as a rookie? Do you do you set the bar like really high for yourself, or, or what are your expectations going uh, forward in the league? Like I said before, uh, it's definitely going to be a lot of learning, learning, a lot of growth and learning for me at the beginning. But I mean, I'm setting the bar high. I know what I'm capable of. Uh, as long as I go in there and just do my best, hopefully everything uh, everything else will take care of itself. Um, so do you? Like, do you do you still keep in touch with a lot of the guys that you played with here here at Edinburgh? Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, I, we all I talk a lot. I would say a, a, de a decent amount between uh, us, like from last year's team, uh, a little bit of the year te the team before. So I'm definitely in contact with everyone still around around here in Edinburgh. So you have plans to to try to keep those relationships going as as you move forward? Oh yeah, for sure. I'm gonna be trying to watch as many games as possible uh, for the guys team this year. Try to keep up with them and stuff. Uh, maybe have some encour encouragement words for them. I'm watching and see some. So definitely gonna always try to be in contact. Well, I know where you can definitely listen in, and that'd be right here on 88.9 <laughs> WFSC Fighting Scots Radio. As a matter of fact, you can catch us on the Tune In or Nobex radio apps right on your mobile device. Simply type in WFSE, and our little icon will pop up. You click on that, boom, got us right there on your phone. That's nice and easy. Free and easy. You got to like that. Uh, what are you most excited about going forward as you enter the league? Uh, I was honestly just the opportunity, honestly. Uh, it's always been a dream of mine to play uh, professional basketball, so – just to be able to have that opportunity now and have it be this close for me as leaving and getting ready to get up there and just try to just got to prove myself really uh but it's definitely a dream come true and I'm definitely I'm looking forward to everything it's going to be new obviously but uh I'm def I'm looking forward to the challenge so what was it like when the agent called you back like you you said you signed with an agent and then like 2 days later you had this offer um, for the Canadian League, what was that like when you got that phone call? And then who was all there? Like, did you know it was coming, or were? Um, well, when I was talking to him at first, before uh, I kind of agreed with him, he was like, trying to explain it, like introduce himself to me, basically, and what he does. And he was like, "I can definitely like get you into this league. Uh, you just got to give me like I, a day or two or something. Like, I'll, I'm sure I can get you into this league." Uh, so I like, agree with him. Uh, then the next day went by, and then I was actually work. I was actually working, just finishing up my workout, and he texted me, uh, and was like, "Hey, I'm. Uh, you got any film or anything on yourself? Because I'm like in contact with the team right now, and like they just want to, they want to see a little bit of you play before the stuff the neg negotiations go down. So I sent him a little, uh, a little game, a couple game films from uh, last season, and I sent it to him, and then he got back to me and probably like an hour or two and he was like I got you. he was like I got you a job just like waiting on the contract and stuff he was saying like the team likes me and likes my like ability and like luckily I was kind of with my family I was with my mom and my brother so being with them two kind of just kind of kind of surreal honestly just having that call finally come and 
just getting the opportunity. Now, when I think about Canada, I think hockey. Like, I'm not thinking like there's a big basketball scene up there, but it's kind of like an, uh, you know, it's like an, an emerging sport up there. There's a lot of dudes playing up there. Uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, there's a lot of, even the younger kids like coming up. Like, it, it's a lot of good basketball in Canada that you really that you really wouldn't think of. Uh, and not only just like a lot of Americans go over there too and play, but like it's definitely, I would say Canada's definitely growing on basketball for sure. I think they got a they got a lot of good younger talents probably coming up as well as talent now. The older guys possibly who I'll be playing against. So, so now this is like your first big move out of the borough area. So what do you what do you think you're gonna end up missing the most about borough? Like is it something uh, type of food item or just the people? Probably just the community, really. Uh, you know, I've been here for 20 years of my life, and uh, to make this move finally, get out, uh, be on my, be more on my own than usual, be far away. Uh, it's gonna be fun. I'm definitely looking forward to it. But uh, probably just the community. Everyone, how everyone's so close, and everyone supports each other, and all that type of stuff. So, if anything, just the community, really. Yeah, Burroughs kind of like the biggest small town ever. Because, like, everybody knows who you are, especially as an athlete in this area, coming up through uh, McLean, coming up through uh, Edinburgh University. Like, everybody knows knows their athletes around here. So, like, you can't really go anywhere without being stopped or seen or somebody says, hey, what's up? Trust me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, being, I I don't know. I'm I'm not that, I'm not as tall as you, so I'd imagine you kind of stick out just a little bit. Probably a little bit. Just a little bit. Um, so how can, how can we follow your, your career? How can we, um, how can we watch, how can we watch you play next year? Uh, every game, uh, is streamed online live and it also gets archived. So you could always go back, but I'll just have to figure out the link that everyone can get to it. And then, then you can just follow me from there. Uh, basically the link, I can post my schedule out somewhere, but I just got to figure out. Uh, where they can watch it online, but like I said, everything is streamed on live, and like I said, it gets saved as well, so you can even go back if you miss something. All right, we'll definitely get a hold of we'll get a hold of that link, and we'll put it out on our social media, which is another reason why you need to be following at uh, Edinburgh now on Twitter, or you can follow myself at G Tubby Schmidt on Twitter, or uh, Miss Maddie, who currently isn't here yet. Um, I believe she's at uh, Maddie. 2006, I think, is her her handle, if I remember correctly. Or you can follow us at WFSE88.9. And uh, your Twitter, your, you want to give out your Twitter handle? People can follow you on it? Uh, my, it <laughs> <laughs> my Twitter handle is smooth, but the S is the fi- a five, so. All right. Real easy. You'll make sure uh, when we put up the, the podcast, I'll make sure to tag you on it so people can follow you. Um, from there, uh, so anything going on, uh, NBA, what, like the, um, we just seen that the, the NBA raised the amount that they're going to play the, pay the players in the G league. So that way you have an option coming out of high school. Cause they say you can't join the league. You know, you can't go into the NBA directly out of high school anymore. You got to do like one year. You got to be one year removed from graduating high school. So. Do you think that's going to be a real option for some of these superstar kids coming out of high school to go into the G League for that amount of money as opposed to, like, going to college? 
or do you think there's still going to be an allure to go to college to go to like to the D1 programs? Um, I would say it's definitely they're definitely going to look at it for sure, you know, because most of that talent, uh, they're only going. It's basically you're they're getting their commitment for basically a one year rental just for the season. The top talents, because you know the top talents are going to the draft the next the next year. So, uh, I think they're definitely going to look at it for sure. Uh, if I was that person, I would definitely look into it, see what it is, because their school's not for everyone. They yeah, to play basketball, but still, school's not. It's not for everyone. So, uh, I would say players will take advantage of it, but I also could see some players wanting to go to call it the college route and getting that type of, ex- I mean, that experience and being that type of type of environment really, because there ain't nothing like a college. Yeah, environment you, really. Yeah, because you're talking about, I mean, attendance for a G League game, what maybe a couple thousand. Yeah, I mean, maybe, yeah, depending maybe. where you're. I mean, also depending where the team is located too. So. Yeah, and then you're looking at like say playing for like Kentucky. Right. You know where you're getting like twenty, thirty k people right. in a state. Mm. I, I don't know. I I think for me, like if I had a whole bunch of talent. And if I was in my current, like, if I was in the situation I was when I was growing up, because we were, we were dirt poor, like, standing in line at the food bank eating government cheese poor, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, like, if I had that opportunity because I was talented, I, I don't think I could turn down the money just simply because of how, how much that would change my family situation you know what i'm saying right that's what i was saying so they're like definitely people are going to look into it like uh if you want to get to your dream quicker i think obviously you're gonna take that route especially if you're at the top talent you know you'll probably only be in the g league for that year honestly anyways because an nba team wants you most likely so i mean it'll be it's it's definitely a good it's definitely a good opportunity yeah, I, I think it's kind of six one way, half a dozen another, because you're looking at, yeah, as an individual, I'll get paid, but if I go to, say, a D1 school, I'll get more exposure. But then again, if you're truly talented enough to come out of high school and play pro ball, then you're already on somebody's radar. Like, somebody's already watching you. Exactly. That's what they were talking about, too, like all the sports shows, talking about the different type of exposure you'll get in college and then like being in the G League but but like I agree with what you were saying too. Like if you're a already say you're like number two recruit in the nation, you're already you you already know you're getting looked at. Yeah. I mean some of these scouts are horrible. Like some of these scouts are already like looking at kids in junior high. Right. Like following kids. Like uh I mean sometimes it helps like uh was it like LeBron's kid. Exactly. You know, I mean, he looks like he's a talented kid, but still he's a kid. I mean, the kid, he's not even a freshman yet in high school. And, and he's got, like, cameras shoved in his face. I mean, maybe most of it's because of his dad, but still. The name, but he also is very talented for his age. Yeah. Yeah, that's going to mm, that's gonna be fun to see if that develops. You know what I hope? This is what I hope, right? Okay. So here's the deal, right? Dan Gilbert, owner of the Cleveland Cavaliers, right, really isn't a Cleveland guy thinks he is but he's not he's actually a Detroit guy right so here's what happens Dan Gilbert sells the Cavaliers to an ownership group headed by LeBron right now 
Dan takes that money and then buys the pistons and tries to like redo, right? Get them going. Then LeBron comes in, actually plays for the Cavs, but it's like the first year that his son's eligible, right? So they draft his kid, and then him and his son play one year together, then LeBron retires fully and just runs the dang team. That's what could happen. I was, yeah, that's what could happen. I doubt it. Only in, <laughs> but, like, say he did get drafted to Cleveland, I could see that's the only way Braun would come back to Cleveland, I would say, to play with his son. Just play with his son one year? Or maybe he wants to play against him. Mmm. Mmm. That'd be interesting. But you know what? I'm not the only one that thinks that either because I heard that from we had uh, Sean Sean Pebbles was in, and he's the, the PA announcer for the Cavs. He said that exact same theory that I just laid out. Could happen. You never. It know. could happen. You never know with LeBron. It could happen, and then all of a sudden, you know, like I could also like, like we could finish this broadcast, and I could get a phone call from ESPN and be like, "Look, Tubby, we're calling you up. <laughs> we need you on the. Call. We need you to have a morning show." Okay. All things that could happen. Highly unlikely, but it could happen. All right, we're gonna go ahead and take another break right here on the morning after. Jamin, have you been following the NFL lately? Uh. A little yeah, bit. Yeah, more than I have a little bit. So, all right, good. Because I plus. got I got some storylines, and uh, we'll talk about that coming right back right after this, right here on the morning after on eighty eight point nine WFSE Fighting Scots Radio. All right, well that just lied to me. Apparently, like the countdown on it, Miss Maddie said that there was going to be like thirty seconds left on a song, and then all of a sudden, poof, it dropped out. Like, I don't know. I don't, I'm going to have to. Somebody's going to have to fix that. Anyway, it's the morning after right here on 88.9 WFSC Fighting Scots Radio. I'm your host, Tubby, currently joined by Edinburgh alum Jamon Mason right here in studio with us and now joined by my co-host and boss. Miss Maddie G. <laughs> your boss, Tubby. Yeah, well, you're the sports director. You're yeah, but like that doesn't mean I'm your boss. Yeah, it does. No, it doesn't. That, that's like... That's in the actual job description. It is. We are equals here. Okay, whatever, but she's still the boss. Uh, so we talked a little bit about uh, last segment about what's going on with Jamon, where he's going, what he's up to. Um, pretty much asked everything you sent me, okay. Miss Maddie. I'm glad I sent those because I was here working on the spectator call. The late hours and knew I was only going to get like one hour of sleep and was worried I was going to not even make my class today. <laughs> but you so made it. I made it. I made it to that class and then I had to run some errands and here I am. Here she is. Uh, so is there anything else like on that list of l- while we got Jamon here with us that, that you wanted to, to ask? Um, you asked everything that was on there? Mm-hmm. Sure did. I think I got everything then, unless you wanted to add anything about... Anything we didn't cover? <laughs> anything we didn't cover. That's up to you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I think the one thing I didn't ask is, um, who have been, like, through this entire process, going through through high school, through college, and now as you go into the career, who has been, like, your biggest supporters? Has it been family life or... 
friends or anybody anybody you want to give a, a big shout out thank you to uh definitely all my family and friends uh they've been pushing me since i was in high school saying i could i could do i could be something if i just keep on working and uh just doing my best and everything and also uh my high school coach he also said the same thing he's like you're gonna be a stud somewhere i don't know where but i don't know but it's gonna happen somewhere and also uh coach best and coach cleary uh for the last four or five years that i spent here uh they also pushed me to the limit uh knowing where i needed to get to so i have to say thank you to all them family friends high school coach uh coach best and coach cleary now in, in your experience you've had some uh pretty defining moments going through as, as far as your edinburgh career what are the couple of the high points that you you would say definitely stick out as 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 member like when you think about your edinburgh experience what are some of the like the top two or three memories that you have of being a part of the edinburgh basketball program um i would say one for sure is the school record uh that's definitely that was some, i mean that really wasn't something on my mind when i got here when i committed here everyone was talking to me about it but it definitely wasn't one of my goals where like i'm gonna get like i know or like i'm gonna go for this record uh it didn't really come to me till this past year really where I saw my points and I was like I I could probably really really do it and break it so it definitely wasn't something on my mind like I said before but everyone would ask me about it but I was like I'm not even thinking about that at all right now until this last year like I said till I realized I was pretty I was pretty close uh number two uh probably just this past year uh finally getting out of the uh, cause the last, I want to say my junior year or sophomore, freshman or sophomore year, we made it to the PSAC playoffs, but we lost in the first round both times. So, uh, probably one thing this year for sure, breaking that and getting to the final four of the PSAC obviously didn't end the way, uh, that we wanted to, but it was, a great experience and a great thing for our team, the program here at Edinburgh. So that's definitely another big thing on my list and probably number three uh i mean just uh enjoying the process with all the teammates that i had and with coach best and coach cleary a lot of it's been a lot of fun times in those uh four four or five years that i was here so uh something you're never you're never gonna get back but to hope to uh keep those all those friendships and memories alive Right. I know one that sticks out for Maddie, and that would be the forty-eight hour bus trip. That was, that was not part of the. Uh, that was not part of this fun that I'm saying, <laughs> that I'm saying uh, into the final four trip. No. I feel like once we got on the floor of that hotel room, we were all, we were all dead. It was just. It was just a mess. A messed up situation. Kind of wish we could just go back, get there on time, and redo the whole game and everything. Yeah, that was that really kind of messed up your guys' uh, flow schedule. Definitely going through it. Uh, they got caught in a snowstorm because they left here at Edinburgh. It wasn't so bad. I mean, there was snow on the ground, but it wasn't 
wasn't nothing bad. And then you got like halfway through the Allegheny Mountains, and then it was like all or we were through almost the there. We only had about 15, 20 minutes left. Then Avalanche hit us. <sighs> Just nuts. But we so, at least have a story to tell now. Like, you always have that story and be like, you all got right, that, well. You got that one story. Those people will be like, oh, what's your wildest story? And Jamin's like, all right, settle down. I've got one. I've got a good one for <laughs> you. <laughs> so, uh, we t- I don't know if we talked about it uh, last segment or not, but looking at, I think we talked about it off air. Looking at this current team going forward that Coach Cleary has, um, media day is coming up this Thursday for men's and women's basketball. How do you think like the men are going to come out preseason ranked wise as far as probably PSAC goes? Um, I'm just going to be honest. I hope this is not true, but I feel like they're going to be in towards the middle, towards the bottom, just because on one – just because this factor, uh, they don't have a lot of experience coming back. Uh, it's a lot of a lot of new guys and stuff. Got to get acclimated to Edinburgh and the tough PSAC conference. So, uh, and plus, not just because it's me or, but also key losses with like Keyshawn and me and like. Uh, Kind of got a young team right now too, so I feel like a lot of the people are gonna definitely gonna be sleeping on them. So uh, I would say they're gonna be towards the towards the middle, bottom maybe, but they should be able to shock some teams though. Hopefully, yeah, that's what that's the main thing. I mean, the, the good thing about preseason polls is that they don't matter. Like basically, it's just for like us sports guys to sit around and talk about and be like, oh, I think this team is gonna do this. Well, nine times out of ten, us sports gurus are wrong. And Edinburgh has a long history of proving people wrong. You guys were picked, like, bottom seed preseason last year. To, and then here you go, final four PSAC playoff. So, pretty much once the games start getting played, you know, that's when the proof's in the pudding and you really find out what you got going on. But um, and, and I think it'll be a growing experience for the team. Uh, coach Cleary's back again as head coach. New assistant coach coming in, um, like you said, a lot of young, new, new, fresh talent coming in. Um, this team's going to have to gel. They're going to have to gel quick, and then hopefully, in my mind, hopefully they they find their identity quickly, and then just stick with that style of ball and play it all the way through. If they can do that early, say within like the first, I want to say two to three weeks worth of gameplay. Once they establish themselves early, I think they can make, I think they can make a run. I think they're, they're solid enough that way. I think with the coaching staff that we have, you know, they should be, they should be all right. Just gotta figure out that gel, and whatever works works. You gotta stay with it. Everyone gotta be there for each other. Uh, that's the main thing. Going with the team, you all gotta have each other's back. Be there for one another. Uh, make sure everyone's on the same page. So that's the challenge for them. Find find that find that groove. Now on the other side, on the ladies' side of the ball, Coach Wheeler takes over for Coach Swank. Uh, they have a lot of people returning. They got a lot of returners back, um, and they they were picked. I was it like, I wanted to say, was it 18th, Maddie? 13th. 13th. I knew it was something ridiculous that we didn't agree with, um, and I don't think they took everybody into account. 
So what do you think going forward? Take a look at this this women's team moving forward. Do you have do you have an idea on what you think they'll um, end up doing? Yeah. Uh, happy for Coach Cali getting the head coaching job. Uh, getting bet Coach Best is also a a big move for sure. He's one of the smartest guys there is. So, but like you said, they got dang near everybody back besides like Whitney I would say and I don't even know but they got a lot of people back so uh I would assume them to be pick number one since they won that PSAC last year with pretty much the same exact team uh I would say they're gonna be pretty good hopefully can make a run in the NCAA tourney as well because there's definitely They'll, I feel like they're definitely going to make the NCAA tourney no matter what and have a chance to be back-to-back PSAC champions as well. Yeah, they uh, they qualified for the tourney last year, made it to the first round, uh, won their opening game. In fact, I think they won their, their, their first two games. Then it came down to the third one, um, and then they lost to uh, – oh, shoot, I can't – Remember the name of the school, but it was. Uh, I think it was Bowie the, State, maybe. Bowie, no. that's right. Yeah, black sure and gold Bowie State. I'm not sure. Um, and you know what? I mean, it was for me being a northern kid, being being an, I, I guess being a Yankee. I guess I'm just not used to it. But going down to Virginia to play, they had like they had like their house band, they had like a pep band, they had a step team, and there was like it was like all the schools from the south, like Virginia. Uh, was it Virginia? Virginia State brought their band. Bowie State brought theirs. Um, there was another Virginia team that brought their band and step team and stuff. I mean, like it was it was a show. Mm-hmm. It was an event, and I like it got to the point like I'm looking over at Josh Coffer and I was like, dude, I can't even hear myself think, you know. And, and it was yeah. like a totally different game environment than I've ever seen. Yeah. Also with them. Uh them making it to the NCAA tournament uh, gave them some experience. So they have that experience experience in the back pocket as well for them to hopefully make a make a push, make a run for that NCAA Final Four championship. So that definitely – it helps them that they went to the tourney last year, NCAA tournament last year, won the PSAC, all that, because they know, they, know, they, know they know what it takes now. Yeah, now that now they got a taste for it, they're going to be hungry for it. All right, so let's uh, cartwheel out of out of the basketball realm, because uh, Miss Maddie, we, we gotta we gotta have a talk. Oh, no, I don't want to talk about this. We're yeah. not talking about pickums this uh, week. Sorry, guys. Yeah, yeah, no, we gotta. Okay, so what we've done on the show is is we created a, a pickum league where we pick straight up winners and losers for the NFL. Right, we list all the games going on. And then Maddie and I sit here every Tuesday and Thursday. Thursday we make our picks. Tuesday we recap them. Jamie, Miss- I would I would just like to state before this happens, I was number one of our league. One, weeks one <laughs> she was winning the six. league. Yeah, weeks, weeks one, one through, through six, six. I was number one. And then people started getting frustrated with me that I was number one. So I, I just started making some picks. And, and by people know, you mean my wife. Yeah, I didn't want to make her angry. Um, so... <laughs> I just started making some picks, you know, that I went with my heart, you know? Mm-hmm. And I'm dropping. I'm dropping You're like dropping a fly. Like... <laughs> she's she's dropping like a big stone in a little crick. She got a grand total of two. 
two. I won the Monday night game. You won the Monday night game and the Thursday night game, and you blew all the picks on (laughs) Sunday. All of, like, you got to try to be that horrible, Miss Maddie. And I did. Apparently, (laughs) you did. Like, you put forth some effort. But I, w- I want to talk about um, some storylines going on. Do you have a, Do you have your like your favorite NFL team? I like the Steelers. Good, because I want to go right there. <laughs> All right, let's talk about our guy, right? Local Erie kid, James Conner, right? Showing out for for all of McDowell, pretty much. Got the entire west side of Pennsylvania on his back and just doing the dang thing, having an excellent season. But then you still got, like, off in the wind, you got Le'Veon Bell, who's, like, holding out, you know, and he says he's doing it for, for all the running backs. Do you have an opinion on the hold up versus, like, holding out for your money or, or playing? Uh, It's a tough situation, really, Uh, for him, for Bell, because, I mean, he is one of the, one of the best uh, NFL backs in the league. Uh, so I get where he's coming from, where he wants he wants his money. Uh, he's trying to stay as healthy as possible so he can earn that money and play show teams that he's worth. He's worth what he's holding out for. So it's I mean it it's it's a it's a it's it's a tough situation. So uh, I don't really. It's hard. It's just it's just it's yeah. It's, it's hard to talk about if you're not him or his agent that's going through it so i feel i see where he's coming from like i i mean it's possible that i could do the same thing say i had to hold out but like if i wasn't getting paid i don't feel like i'm getting paid enough and he also gets the ball a ton so i also see where he's coming from doesn't want to get hurt but it's a tough situation right i i agree i i could see both sides of the story but for me I, I I don't like the Steelers. I, I, I don't appreciate their brand of football. I don't like the town that they play in. I don't like anything about them. Jamie, if you've never listened to the show before, Tubby could spin any story we're talking about back to the Browns or back to <laughs> Cleveland. Back to Cleveland because it all relates to the Mecca. It's like seven degrees of separation. Um, However, right, I do like James Conner. I will root. For James Conner, I will be a James Conner fan. I will support a local product, a local kid coming out and doing so well. So to see him have a great season. Now, I hope that he, like, I hope that he has, like, 200-yard games every game that he plays. Minus the two that he plays against the Browns. Which I'm not all that upset about because we tied him week one. Now we're looking at this week. Yeah, this week is hate week. and, and, And we are going to Pittsburgh. But I think it's uh, I I don't know I I don't know like mm, it kind of seems like the Steelers kind of got some of their get right back you know now there's now they're back to playing Steeler football and and the Browns are still kind of like Brownsing all over the place because Browns so I I don't know I'm I, I, I the only thing I hope for is that it's not like another fifty one to like three because i've witnessed i've been there i've been in cleveland for those <laughs> games it's it's not pretty folks. <laughs> it's not pretty uh did you see did you see in the because the steelers had the week off the browns played at one did you see that hit on baker mayfield i did see that actually 
Did you see the explanation of the referee afterwards? No, I didn't. So he said that because Baker Mayfield was a, at the time, acting like a running back, was running the ball, that it was okay for him to get hit in the head. When clearly, if you watch the replay, the tackler on the play, A, launched himself, B, basically hit Baker in his ear hole with the crown of his helmet, which are all things you're not supposed to do. But in the explanation of the penalty, of the non-penalty, if you will, the referee said that, oh, well, because he was a runner, he could be hit in the head. Yeah, the NFL is not, I would say, consistent with their rules and stuff that they have to follow. Uh, that's why I really, it's becoming a soft league for me, especially with quarter, the quarterback situations where you can't really if you scare them, then you get a flag. It's kind of it's kind of hard to it's kind of hard to tackle them. So uh, they just gotta. I think they gotta get more consistent with all their calls and look over everything after this year because obviously a ton of people aren't happy with uh, a lot of the stuff going on. Which uh, I see the head to head though. That's that's that is a I would say that's a good rule. And also with the quarterback below the knee or whatever, that's fine. But being able to fall on the quarterback, I mean, how else are you supposed to tackle him? Yeah, know? that's exactly so, like you know, it was the bye week, and I think Clay Matthews got six roughing the passer calls. Yeah, it's it's a tough, it's uh, it's it's hard to watch sometimes. It's kind of t- it's taking it's causing big plays of games. It could turn games around, especially yeah, if it's close and last drives or something, and like it. Definitely turn the game around for sure. Because if you're one of the teams that gets called all the time, like <clears throat> the Browns, <clears throat> uh, you know, it, it's hard to beat the other team and the referees all in the same game. Exactly. All right, let's run down through these. Miss Maddie, we don't need your opinion because obviously you don't know how to pick. Okay. <laughs> so Thursday night, um, everybody witnessed that one. Uh, Denver Broncos handle the Arizona Cardinals quite easily, 45-10. to 10. Tennessee Titans, L.A. Chargers, Chargers again with the win, squeaking this one out 20-19. to uh, The Titans fought their way back in that one. Amazingly, uh, the Indianapolis Colts blew out the Buffalo Bills and Bills Mafia 37-5. to Unbelievable. Which, by the way, was the first time in NFL history that this score, 37-5, to was a final score of a football game. Sorry, Bills fans, but the Bills are horrible. They, 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 they are pretty stinking bad. They are. I feel because there's a – look, you got the trifecta here in, in Borough area. You got the majority are either Bills fans, Stillers fans, or Browns fans. Granted, us Browns fans are pretty quiet. They're not all, all as vocal as I am and as loud about it. I, w- I wear my Cleveland stuff like it's armor, dang it. I don't care. Come at me. I don't care. All right, then it's the uh, New England Patriots over the Chicago Bears, 38-31. Uh, this game was a lot closer than the score actually said it was. Uh, then the Cleveland Browns lose in overtime, 23-26 to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, again, it's hard if you're Cleveland to beat the refs and the opposing team. All on the same day. 
Detroit Lions over the Miami Dolphins. I don't know what the heck happened in this game. Apparently, Detroit finally figured out how to play football. They win this one 32-21. Minnesota handily over the New York Jets at home 37-17. Carolina Panthers pull out the win against the Philadelphia Eagles 21-17. The Philadelphia Eagles are in an absolute tailspin. They're going to head over to England in historic Wembley Stadium to take on Miss Maddie G's Jaguars next Sunday. That'll be a 9 a.m. game, Miss Maddie. Set your alarm and wake up early. Wear your sweater. That's so early. I didn't wear my sweater this weekend. That's probably what happened. That's probably what happened? That's probably what happened. So the Jaguars lost to the Houston Texans 20-7. Houston Texans twenty to seven. New Orleans Saints over the Baltimore Ravens. I was upset because I picked the Ravens, but I'm a little bit happy because the Ravens did lose. Didn't I talk you into that one? That's you did. great for the Steelers. Yeah, because you need the Ravens to lose, and you need to lose this Sunday, just saying. Uh, ah. New Orleans Saints, 24-23 to over the Ravens. Uh, Dallas Cowboys lose in a squeaker to the Washington Redskins, 20-17, to basically in a division that nobody wants to win. Like, this entire division is trash between uh, the Dallas Cowboys, Washington Redskins, Philadelphia Eagles, and I'm forgetting one. I don't know. It doesn't matter because they're not. Yeah, the Giants. Yeah, that's because they played Monday night looking like trash. Speaking of trash. Uh, L.A. Rams improve again. Still undefeated. 39-10 to over the struggling San Francisco 49ers. Kansas City Chiefs completely wipe the floor with the Cincinnati Bengals, forty-five to ten, in Cincinnati, which is okay. We're at week six, seven. It's right about time when Cincinnati puts on the choke fest, <laughs> and, and they start withering away uh, from their season. So that's fine. I don't mind them losing at all. And then twenty-three twenty, New York, the Atlanta Falcons over the New York Giants in the Monday night game. Giants kind of had a fighting chance in this one. There was some questionable play calling by Pat Shermer. Look, NFL teams, here's the deal. If at any point in time, other than, and, and, and if the coach's name is not Bill Belichick, and they coached for the Cleveland Browns, they are not head coach material. They ain't good. Pat Shermer is not a good coach. I don't care how much of a process it is or how much he battles. He's not a good coach, folks. He's not. He's a good coordinator, not a good coach. In Tubby's opinion. (laughs) In a lot of opinion. It's not just mine. He can't coach. Cannot. Book it. I'm saying Watch. They they won't be they won't do nothing. Even if they keep next year. Probably looking at this pigskin pick'em. Uh-huh. I am in sixth. Uh-huh. But you know what? I've been saying it for weeks and nobody's been listening. You know who we need to watch out for? Drew Patrick. I know. Guess who's in second? Drew Patrick. Drew Patrick. Mm-hmm. I said Tubby. I think Drew's like moving his way up on the board and Tubby's like, Oh no. And maybe, I don't know, he's Drew. Yeah. Well, I'm just now waiting for. Second. Well, see, here's the thing about Drew Patrick. Drew Patrick, 
will eventually pull a, pull a Cincinnati Bengals, and he will choke it away in the final weeks because that's what he does. It's like a lawn chair under pressure. He'll fold. <laughs> also, by this week, mm-hmm. um, I am almost to where Chris Rosado is, and Chris Rosado missed a week. Yeah. <laughs> well. Well. Well, here we go. Well. <laughs> Basement population Maddie. I am only in sixth out of seven. Out of seven. <laughs> so it's not too bad. So here's the current standings right now. In the lead is my wife, Nicole, with 63 points. Followed closely on her heels by formerly known as just the sports guy, Drew Patrick, with 62 points. <coughs> I'm not that far off with 59 points, sitting in third place. Then a tie for fourth. Trey, Mr. Athletics, staunch, is in a tie for fourth place with our listener, ND Irish, at 57 points. Then Miss Maddie G with 54 and bringing up the rear, just happy to be invited, Chris Rosado Jr. with 49 points. I also want to state that there's not even 10 points in between me and first place yet. So uh-huh. As long as I don't pick this Have week another like two? I picked last week. Get another okay. bucket? Maybe I'll actually, like, pick logically this week. No, you won't. Work my way back up the ladder. No, you won't. Because that doesn't make for good radio. Um, we'll Our see. fans tune in to just be like, all right, who's she going to go with? Who's she going to go with so I could pick opposite? Yeah. I mean, that's what I would do. I would do it, too. Okay. If I could have, like, a second pick them, I would just, like, go opposite. And then I'd, I'd win one way or the other. Right. All right, so that's our pick them rundown. Tune in Thursday as Maddie and I will go through all of our picks, and we will pick all the week's games, tell you who will win and who will lose. We don't go by points. You can't win money. It's simply for bragging rights, and I'm not even the best picker in my house. I think you could still join. I mean, we are like eight weeks in, but you, yeah, we are a few weeks keep, in. But if I keep picking like I'm picking, you got a chance to. You got a chance. Eight. I mean, you may not be able to win the overall title, but you can still win the weekly title. Speaking of weekly title, Trey Staunch ties my wife for the weekly title at ten correct picks, um, followed by Drew Patrick, and then there's a tie. Actually, a three-way tie for third with uh, myself, Chris Rosado Jr., and do, 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 um, our listener, Andy Irish, um, with eight correct picks. And then Miss Maddie, all by herself, in the basement with two. I feel like we've mentioned the two I got correct you've, a That lot. you've only gotten two a points? Lot. Like, I feel like they have the idea I got two. We don't have to mention it anymore. Are you sure? I'm. I'm. Because going concerned. into last night, you only had one. Yeah, the title of this podcast is gonna be Maddie only got two pickums. <laughs> <laughs> Maddie only got two correct in the pickums, ladies and gentlemen. Maddie only got two correct. All right, so we're gonna go ahead and take um, a another break here on the morning after, and coming back at ten thirty, hopefully we'll have Tom Reisenweber joining us from the Erie Times News to break down all of the Friday Night Lights action. Jamon, thank you so much for your time for coming in studio today and hanging out with us. No problem. Thank you for having me. And we will follow you closely as your pro career uh, begins. Hopefully we can get that link to the stream up, and uh, we'll tweet it out there and make sure everybody knows where they can watch you play at. So, again... Uh, stay tuned right here to the morning after. We'll be right back right after this on 88.9 WFSE Fighting Scots Radio. 
And we're back right here on the morning after. It's now 10.30, which means it's time for Tom Reisenweber of Erie Times News to catch us up on all the Friday Night Lights action. Tom, how are you today, sir? Good, how are you? I am doing well. We had uh, Jamon Mason on uh, all hour long this morning, oh. so so that was cool. We got to catch up with him and, and see what's going on. Yeah, he's a uh, great guy. I'm really excited that he got to go. Uh, he's going to Canada to play basketball. It's pretty awesome, and uh, hopefully, continues to get his uh, continues to uh, you know go for his dream. Right, exactly. And he he told us this morning on the show that all of his games are going to be streamed live over the internet. And if you happen to miss any of the action, they are archived there as well. Um, so hopefully, following him on Twitter, and then hopefully he'll get the. He said when he gets up there. Um, he's going to go ahead and get the link out to us, so then that way we can put it out to all the people so they can follow follow his career as he moves forward. So, pretty exciting yeah, you stuff. Last year's, yeah, you think about last year's uh, team, you have uh, two professional basketball players on there with him and uh, Keyshawn going to the G League, so it's pretty uh, pretty exciting for him, bro. Yeah, he talked a little bit about that and uh, Keyshawn's process. Um, Keyshawn is now um, out fighting for a roster spot. Um, just because he was drafted, apparently doesn't mean you necessarily make the team. You still got to earn it a little bit once you get out there. So, best of luck to him on uh, getting a, a roster spot. But Tom, we got you on because we wanted to talk some varsity football action um, last Friday night uh, going out. Any any game surprise you going forward, or is it all pretty much going chalk at this point? No, you know nothing really uh, too surprising. Um, I think 16 of 21 games last week were decided by three possessions or more. So more blowouts. You know, the average margin of victory in District 10 last week was 30 points per game. So it was a pretty bad week. Um, there were some okay games. I mean, uh, you know, Cathedral Prep beat Erie High 28 to nine. Um, Erie High played tougher than I thought they would. Um, they got they're getting they're healthy. They got kids back, including their quarterback Trayvon Tate, which gives them a little bit of a passing dynamic, uh, which is going to be huge coming into this week. They're going to travel to McDowell to play for the D10 6A title. Um, so if they can use that extra wrinkle, maybe they can pull out the pull out the win like last year. Um, you know, last year they rallied for a 35-34 win. You know, McDowell was up by uh, six going into score to put the game away and he fumbled and then Erie went the length of the field to win that game in exciting fashion. So uh should be a pretty good game. You know, every game they play, they play three times in their franchise histories and it's been decided by eight points or less. So it's gonna be a pretty exciting game on Friday. Um, other than that, you know, Gerard obviously went down to Tyson one big so they can get into the playoffs. They gotta put take on Grove City next week. Um, a little controversy with Gerard and Northwestern um, yesterday uh, Lakeview opted out a week after the deadline because um, they have only they, they claim they have ten healthy players on their roster right now. So that means Northwestern will not have a playoff game Friday. They're supposed to play Lakeview in the two A quarterfinals. That game is off. Northwestern's now in the semifinals against Sharpsville next week. The problem is Northwestern now has no game to play on Friday. They were supposed to play Gerard, and if Lakeview had opted out on the deadline, they would be playing Gerard this week. And I was looking back to the archives. The only two times they have not played Gerard was in 2006 and 2007. And that's when Northwestern, for some reason, 
was in the Mercer County 2A region. So they played Girard pretty much every year of their existence. And it's a nice little West County rivalry. But that game is no longer taking place because once that playoff game was announced, Girard went and found Union City to play this week. So Girard's going to play Union City in a non-region game. Northwestern's at home. And a lot of people are not happy. Yeah, I, I, I completely understand that one. I mean, you kind of want to um, have these games played. And, I mean, unfortunate that the team had to back out. Um, I, I just, I wouldn't see why, if you only have, like, 11 kids or whatever, why you would even, you know, still stay in and opt in for the playoff system knowing that you're not that deep to begin with. Yeah, you know, something doesn't really smell right. I mean, you know, the opt-out deadline was last Monday, and they can't, you can't tell me that they had, like, you know, 18, 19, 20 kids and just got, you know, crushed by Mercer on Friday and lost, you know, 10 kids to injuries. And it doesn't seem, something doesn't seem right there. Um, I don't know if they just forgot about the, the opt-out deadline and go, oh, man, we have to play a playoff game now, and we, you know, because Northwestern already beat like the eleven to three earlier this year. So, I just I don't understand what happened if some kids quit or what they're trying what happened. But it just it's something seems weird that they would be healthy enough to play last week against Mercer, and all of a sudden they're down to ten kids uh, two days later. So I don't know something weird. Something's I I, I definitely. I, if I were them, I would definitely be calling Scooby and the gang to kind of do an investigation <laughs> to find out what's going on. Because I think it's old man Clarkson again at the uh, <laughs> at the wheel there. Because it's it's not mm, things aren't right. So uh, looking forward then to this week's matchups. Anything sticking out for you, Tom? Oh, uh, you know, this week's kind of you know I, I think the classes has really taken away Week 10 as an important week. Um, you know, everyone used to play, you know, there could be arguments over how much Week 10 actually meant to teams, you know, you know that, that's fine. But everyone still played. And now this week we have three playoff games and I believe 11 non-region games, and that's it. We have a 14-game schedule when normally it's 21 or 22 games. And out of those 11, you have, like, Connie at Ohio playing an Ohio team. Who cares? You have Dubois playing a D9 team. Who cares? Uh, Oil City is going to Bradford. Who cares? I mean, the only intriguing thing there is Christian Cole needs, I think, over a little over 300 yards to break the D10 rushing record, which if he doesn't do it Friday at Bradford, he's going to do it next week in the D10 championship against Gerald McLean. So there's, I mean, you know, Titusville's playing Carn City. Maybe there's some intrigue there. Um, there's some other local ones, um, Iroquois, uh, or Corey's playing Franklin, uh, Iroquois playing somebody Northeast, I think maybe, um, Eisenhower's playing Seneca. So, I mean, there's some intrigue, I guess, uh, but, you know, Prep's playing Canadian team. Um, so the three playoff games are really ever only, you know, really things that we we'll look forward to. Um, obviously, Erie McDowell playing for the 6A title. There are two single-A uh, quarterfinal games, including West Middlesex and Cockerton and Maplewood against Reynolds. So it's just it's one of those things where it's disappointing because back under four classes, this week would be a full boat. You'd have everyone playing. It'd be some interesting matchups. But uh, it's kind of gone downhill since then. And, you know, a lot of these teams didn't schedule games because they were worried about playoffs starting. And we only had three playoff games and one 6A, so who cares? So you really only have four teams affected by the early playoffs, but everyone 
win the schedule week 10, just in case. Right. I, I d- I'm struggling to find an area that these, this six, these six different um, sections or whatever are actually working for people. <laughs> like, you know, like, it kind of seems like a common theme. Like, well, we couldn't make anybody happy, so let's make absolutely everybody unhappy. You know, and yeah. it just... It doesn't make any sense. This class system, the way it, the way they got it going on, I just, I don't get it. And I don't even, to be honest with you, you know, Tyson plays Carn City at home. Um, this is their final game of the year, and I, I got to be honest with you, I think this is the first time I've heard of Carn City. Like, I don't even know where they're from. Yeah, I think they're. Uh, I think they're D nine. Uh, I think their nickname is the Gremlins. <laughs> Um, usually they're pretty good. I just don't know if they're as good as usual uh, this year. Um, they're one of those teams that's kind of like uh, like a hickory that's, you know, not great all the time, but they're pretty solid. Um, but sometimes they take a step back. So I really don't know what to expect in that game. Um, I haven't looked at what Carnes City's been doing this year. But, uh, yeah, I think, I'm pretty sure they're a D9 team and uh, you just – it's just you know one of those things where it's good to have a game. It's just how much interest will there be for Tyson to play a D nine team? I mean, even when fans don't even know who they are. Yeah, you're you're right. Their mascot is the Gremlins. Uh, they have an enrollment of one thousand nine hundred and ninety four students. Um, I'm trying to see here on the trying to pull up the map because I I googled them. I had to Google. I didn't know where it's at. <laughs> uh, so I'm trying I think to. They're, uh, they, their, their uh, high school used to be like a PIAA like soccer site, and someone told me that it's just impossible to get to. You got to go like around a mountain and you do all kinds of different routes to get there, and it's just it's terrible. Yeah, it's surrounded by. Um, oh goodness, they're down there. Um, so it's down below Slippery Rock, above Catanning and Butler. They're like right above Butler in the um, in the state game lands area there below eighty. So they got a pretty good jaunt to get up to Tysel. It, it looks like it's probably about an hour drive to get up there, maybe. Yeah. So, I don't know. We'll see. I guess I'll have to I'll have to go down and check it out. I'll give you a report from the field and let you know how it goes. <laughs> well, yeah, it should, uh, should be interesting. So that should be a, a fun game to see. Uh, yeah, I, I know we're kind of winding down and we're getting into uh, now starting to look at basketball season, which I know is, is quickly getting up upon us. Um, soccer is is winding up. Um, I know in a shocker, um, yesterday Tysel moves on in the, in the playoffs for, for boys soccer, um, that one going into overtime for them to get the win. I think, I think they played that one down in Oil City. I want to believe. Yeah, which was uh, kind of surprising because usually the higher seed hosts. I don't know if Oil City's field wasn't ready or couldn't handle a soccer game after a full season of football or what, but uh, usually the the higher seed hosts the first round. But, uh, yeah, it's a nice overtime win, exciting for uh, Titusville. Um, we'll see what, the, what can happen tomorrow when they move on to the uh, quarterfinals. Um, a, lot of, uh, a lot of Erie County teams – one yesterday, uh, I think uh, almost every every other matchup was an Erie County winner except that one. So uh, it's going to be uh, you know it, it's moving quickly here with soccer playoffs and volleyball playoffs starting up this week. Uh, anything sticking out to you that you're really excited for? Um, any anything high school sports wise? 
you know, I'm interested to see what happens today with uh, the golf. Uh, Lydia Swan, the freshman from Northeast, uh, had a four-stroke lead uh, after yesterday. The second round is going on right now. Uh, I believe she probably just teed off. So if she can win um, a state title, I think uh, that's the first female D10 golfer to ever win a state title for individual. Um, so we'll see what happens there. And tomorrow um, she'll be back playing with the Northeast boys as the team tournament takes place for one day. And Steve Northeast can win a team state title in boys golf. But uh, other than that, just really um, getting ready for the uh, soccer and volleyball playoffs to get going here. Um, the quarterfinals for most and semifinals, and, and, you know, it's this week, and then semifinals and championships are all next week. So that should be a lot of fun. Um, two-way volleyball is going to be pretty exciting because you have Corey, Fort LaBeouf, and Maplewood. And at one, po- or at one point all year, uh, all three have been ranked. So it's, you know, and only one team gets to go to the state, the state playoffs. So that whole bracket is going to be a lot of fun to watch. Um, you got the D10 cross-country championships on Saturday. The PIAAB will be next Saturday. Um, so you got some exciting stuff going on. And, of course, Saturday is the uh, Gannon Mercier's uh, football showdown. So a lot of exciting stuff after uh, last Saturday's weather debacle. Yeah, I, that was my next question to you. I was going to turn our gaze towards uh, NCAA Division II football and uh, kind of a wild weather weekend here for us in uh, northwest Pennsylvania. With uh, We were able to get the Edinburgh and uh, Seton Hill game in, um, even though it was kind of crazy. We had like hail at one point, snow, sleet, rain, sunshine, a little bit of everything. And then right at fork, or right when the soccer was about to start, we ha- we went under lightning delay, and uh, I believe you guys had some of that experience too. In fact, like Mercyhurst sent Cal home at one point, and had to call him <laughs> back the next day. Well, you know, I, I kind of wondered what they what, what they did there. I mean, if, if Cal went all the way home, or did they have to find uh, you know forty hotel rooms on a Saturday night in Erie? That would have been fun um, and expensive. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure what Cal did. They went home or they they stayed over or what? But they had to. You know, it was weird because I what I was told is they, the the PSAC said to Gannon, you have lights, keep playing. So that implies to me that first year's lights aren't good enough for an NCAA game for some reason. Um, there are high school games played there at night, so I don't understand why it wouldn't be good enough for college. So that was odd. You you postpone or spend that game till Saturday, for till Sunday at noon. They told us I was covering Gannon. They told them keep playing all day and there, we went through um the start of the game was delayed by lighting delay by an hour and 18 minutes and then we had three stoppages in play it was really frustrating frustrating for the players for people there um all told all the delays told over three hours and the game ended at six thirty. so it was just brutal trying to get through it um you know at one point and i think the first stoppage came with 349 left in the, in the second quarter so we went through that. They decided to cancel halftime because of that, because the delay was over an hour. So we uh, they got rid of halftime. We only had like a three-minute warning kind of thing, period. And then uh, they stopped it again in late in the third quarter, uh, another hour delay there. And then the, we, we played maybe nine minutes, and then another lightning strike. Had to go back in the locker room. So the, the players were just really upset, and they were fried, and, hungry, you know, these kids haven't eaten all day, and they're still trying to play a game. And I thought it was almost a safety issue to have to get warmed up four or five times 
um, and then go back out there. So thankfully they got the game in, uh, ended by 6.30, but uh, it was a tough loss for Gaiden. You know, it's interesting. They were um, they're down 15. They go in and score, um, and then to go down nine, and they miss the extra point, which just kills you because it keeps it a two-possession game with, like, three minutes to go. Um, Gannon had all their timeouts, but they had to onset it because they needed two scores and did not get it, and uh, IUP ended up running the clock out. So that was a tough one for Gannon. Marcus Jones was running tough, but, uh, you know, another uh, close loss for them. Uh, nice to see uh, Edinburgh dominate with uh, all kinds of records falling, and, uh, of course, Mercier's getting a shutout, so no surprise, against Cal. So, We'll see what happens on this Saturday. Yeah, and Mercier should be a good one. I really don't know what to predict because both teams have confused me all year on um, their games, their wins and losses. They're very confusing, so we'll see what happens. Right, and this one is for the Erie County Crown. <laughs> Which yeah, you know, I think, uh, you know, Edinburgh, uh, you know, they're one and one waiting to see what happens. You know, obviously, uh, Mercier's wins, they win the crown. If not, then I don't know how you determine the three-way tie. Everyone gets a share of it, or do we have the coach's arm wrestle for it, or what? I, you know what? If, if we go to a coach's arm wrestle, my money's on Bradford. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying, he, he's gritty. I'm not, I'm not going to say that he's yeah. mean because it'll hurt me, but he's gritty. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, he's a pit bull. He can, he can get in there and tough it out. We'll see. Oh, yeah. I, I'm, I, I'm telling you. If we had to bet money on it, which, you know, we can't, but I'm just saying, if we did, money's on Bradford. Uh, this week, Edinburgh heads down to Clarion to take on a Clarion University. Um, that game will be at noon. Uh, I, I really don't know what to expect coming out of Clarion. They're kind of, they're one of these up and down bipolar type teams, too, that, like, they'll do really good one week, and then the next week, not so much. So, we'll have to see what happens. Also, let's we'll see if um, coming off of this win, finally breaking their losing streak here is the Fighting Scots. Um, see if they can get back to their running ways and, and play a complete football game. Yeah, it seems like Clarion's uh, much tougher at home. Obviously, they beat Gannon in a close one, I think 14-9. to nine. And then um, they take uh, they take IUP to the brink only be, and only lose by a point. So, you know, Clarion, I, you know, they used to be a check mark. They're, they're an automatic win. But I get the yeah, playing tough this year, uh, playing everybody tough. So we'll see what happens uh, Saturday. Obviously, uh, Edinburgh wants to keep the momentum going and you know end the season on a, a high note with the last couple weeks here. So it'll be uh, it'll be an interesting game. I, I, I think uh, you know Clarion is improving, which is what you want to see. You want to see all the Western teams uh, be competitive. Um, Seton Hill obviously has, has improved a bit, not enough to compete with the big the big dogs, but. They've improved. Clarion's improved, so it's good to see the balance and the parity in that in the Western Conference now. Right, we had a um, big game here against Seton Hill with a couple of records breaking broken as uh, uh, James Clark gets the gets the school record for receptions, and Walter Fletcher gets the school record for uh, single game rushing um, yardage at three. I think it was three seventy nine or something. I think he had on the day. So. That was that yeah, was kind of cool uh, to watch. Yeah, you know it's a big game. You know, you know Walter Fletcher really works hard. It's nice to see him, you know, break some records and have a big day. Uh, there have been games where he's been a little shut down, and uh, you know it's good to see him break out. And uh, James Clark is obviously a a big time weapon 
that Embro's used for years, and uh, he's done a great job working hard and transforming that offense. You think about it, he's been trying to uh, be a leader as a receiver under three different head coaches, so it's good to see him uh, really have a, a nice career and uh, go out on top. And uh, you know, it's it's you know, it's one of those high flying offenses that is a lot of fun to watch when it gets, when it gets going. So uh, I really, you know, it's really impressive what Wayne Bradford's done at Edinburgh. Right, exactly, because they have so many weapons to use, and when when the motor's firing on all cylinders, it's it's really interesting to see. Okay, well, well, what is Coach going to pull out of his hat this time? You know, I mean, like, is he is he going to go on the on the, on the ground with the with the Fletcher attack, or is he going to sub in Gaelic and go with the speed, or is he going to go to the outside to to Clark or to Nas Gregory? You know, just weapons all over the place on this team and, and when it functions well it, it's really something to see so i'm excited to see what they can do um at clarion this week and again i will keep a mindful eye towards the lakeshore to see how that gannon mercyhurst game <laughs> comes out tom yeah hopefully uh hopefully no lightning on saturday just get a smooth two and a half hour game get out of there quickly and uh see what happens so it should be a lot of fun um you know two teams that Obviously, their seasons haven't gone the way they wanted to, and uh, it's uh, the last big game for them, last big win that they can pull out before uh, you know the cross. The you know one more game next week than crossovers and the season's over. So this is a uh, this is a nice little bragging rights game for them. Right now, I want to I want to take a look at national football as, as the pro league here. Uh, I I really don't want to bring up the Bills game just because I I know that your your quarterback your main guy is down. So I'm I'm really kind of looking for Buffalo just to to shut it down, but they played last week. Yeah, oh. yeah, kind of. It, yeah, it's okay. Be, it's okay because Maddie picked the game wrong anyway, because she only got two right for the Bobby, Pick'em League. Come on, we don't have to. <laughs> we don't have to glorify that anymore. We already talked about Pick'ems. We're off of that subject. <laughs> yeah, I got two right. It's okay. <laughs> oh good! Uh, the only reason I'm bringing it up is because she had done so well. Through, like her lowest score up to that point was, I think, like a seven or eight, where she had picked the majority of the games correctly. And, and this week, she just it just did not go her way. But uh, well, to be fair, if uh, Josh Allen was playing, the Bills would have won this week and last week. So they'd be four and three. But yeah. I, I, I won't watch it with this nonsense going on right now. <laughs> yeah, I, I wouldn't bother either. But the two storylines I wanted to get to. Number one, the hit on Baker Mayfield. Did you see that? Yeah, I, I love the uh, the explanation. Uh, he, he was still a runner, so he's allowed to be hit in the head. Well, I thought we were taking away how much the helmet hits here in the league, but apparently if you're running the ball, it's free reign. Just go ahead and target that head all you want and just bash it in because he's a runner as opposed to a quarterback. Yeah, That's it, crazy. It, yeah, if you're a runner and a quarterback wearing a Browns uniform, it's perfectly okay <laughs> to send that player into the concussion protocol, apparently. <laughs> I just I, I couldn't believe that explanation. You know, instead of saying he wasn't in his slide yet, well, he's still a runner, so the head's allowed to be hit. Oh, okay. <laughs> because, like, I watched it back on the replay. One, the defender launched, which you're not allowed to do. Two... <laughs> He hit Baker Mayfield in his ear hole with the crown of his helmet, which you're not allowed to do. His arms weren't even out like he was going to wrap up. He basically turned himself into a missile, a la Shazier-like, and 
you know, hit him in the head. You just can't. And to top it all off, this is Ed Hockley's son. <laughs> you know, so I'm like, if anybody ought to know better, it ought to be you. Like, you know, if this is the family business and this is how you're you're carrying on the family name, I don't know. Maybe you want to go start refereeing basketball or something because you, you, this may not be the sport for you. The only way it made me, uh, I was okay with it is because I, I have Nick Chubb starting, and the fact that he should have had a second touchdown and Baker calls his own number on the one-yard line, I was like, come on, Baker, give, give the ball to Chubb. He needs more touchdowns. Yeah, I mean, I completely agree with you. However, that wasn't a Baker call. I think that was a <laughs> shirt. That was a, um, a Hugh Jackson, Todd Haley mistake. I was going to say faux pas, but it wasn't coming out correctly. Hugh Jackson's mistake is, uh, I think, a common term now these days. Oh my, he's like he's like our Marvin Lewis. For some reason, the guy has nine lives. Like I don't know, <laughs> like what kind of dirt he has on the Haslam's. Like I don't know if he knows like where the true accounting books are hidden for Pilot Filing J, and that's why he still has a job. But the miracle that he has a job still, and he's only like what three and thirty-five and two or something like that. It's just ridiculous. Ridiculous. I'm to think that uh, the owner and the GM are just afraid of the two coordinators, that they'd have to put one of them in power if they fired Hugh, so it's better to have that middleman that won't kill them. <laughs> yeah. That's the only thing I can think of at this point. <coughs> yeah, I can see that because Todd Haley and Greg Williams are like fighting twins, you know? I mean, they're just – they're two – a-type personalities, I think you kind of need that beta in the middle to act like a buffer, perhaps. I don't know. And then the other story I wanted to bring up was um, Amari Cooper being traded from uh, the Raiders to the Dallas Cowboys for a number one first-round draft pick. Not a number one, but a first-round draft pick. Yeah. Well, you know, what's, what's crazy to me is instead of just signing Dez, Dez Bryant, they're going to give up a first-round pick for a guy who has already said publicly he wants the biggest wide receiver contract in the in the history of the league by next year. So he was a ticking time bomb with uh, the Raiders. So, so they they got rid of him. You know, Chucky now has three first-round picks next year with a decent team coming back uh, going to Vegas. So I thought it was a decent move by uh, – by Gruden to do this. Um, the downside is you're signaling we're really giving up on this year. Um, the upside is give us time. We have three first-round picks next year. If we don't screw it up, that's a huge day for us next next draft. But uh, I don't understand giving up a first-round pick for him. You're going to have to pay him a ton of money when you could have got a really discounted Des Bryant out of free agency. I know there's some hard feelings there. But he's just as good as this guy. I mean, Cooper drops the ball a lot. Um, he's one of the league leaders in drops. Uh, I know he's young and he's fast, but I just I don't understand the value of first round pick for him. So that's a very interesting move by both teams. Yeah, I I, I completely don't understand it. And also, he's isn't he in the like concussion protocol too as well? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> so I mean, not only are you getting a new toy, but you're getting a broken new toy. That's going to be nothing but a headache in our locker room, a la Des Bryant. <laughs> yeah, so I, it's 
Okay, whatever. It's Jerry's world. Jerry knows what he's doing. Sure. I mean, <laughs> you know, you're only America's team, and, you know, you got the biggest spotlight, according to you, on yourselves. But, sure, let's go ahead and make these moves, because this makes sense. But I just <laughs> feel bad. The people I feel really bad for are the Oakland Raider fans. Those season ticket holders in Oakland that, like, okay, so now we're at week seven, and the tank is full on. Yeah. Like, you won't be able to give away tickets. If you're a season ticket holder, the tickets aren't worth the paper they're printed on at this point. Yeah, you really, the only value is to watch the opposing teams coming in. Oh, who's coming in this week? The uh, Chargers. Oh, let's watch that. That's interesting. Uh, who's coming in? The Rams. Okay, we'll watch them because there's no reason to watch the Raiders anymore. Yeah, it, it's... Oh. Well, especially with Marshawn Lynch hurt, too. So, like, what do you actually watch? Derek Carr throw the ball? Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because you know Derek Carr, full of personality there. I no, I don't know. I I just I feel horrible for him. But I don't know. We'll see what goes. We'll see what happens. Hopefully, they can pull a couple, a couple. Maybe they'll get another couple struggling teams in, like the Browns, and they can beat up on them. Maybe. Well, there you go. So, all right, Tom. We thank you for your time. We'll check in with you next week uh, to find out the results of uh, Week Ten here in varsity land and see what else is going on as far as high school sports and division two football and the nfl because you know you're you're not you're like a one-stop shop you do it all <laughs> yeah i love football so it's always fun to talk about all of it so all right thanks Simon. i really appreciate your time all right thank you yep yep so that was tom reisenweber of erie times news you can uh check him out through their website, uh, and he appears here on the morning after each and every Tuesday, or at least every week we try to have him on, um, usually in the 10.30 hour. Now, 10.59 here on the morning after. So we will be back this Thursday with our pickums as Maddie and I will go through the league and, and pick our, our favorites. Hopefully she does better than two. Tubby? <laughs> Tubby? Tubby. I am just thankful there are no sharp objects in the studio. No, I'm not that upset about it. I really am not. She's really not. I'm just giving her a hard time. Because I love her. She's a my little sister. You know what, though? I feel like I can only go down two <laughs> from this week. Yeah, th there's only Where's one the way. Up? Yeah, there's only one way. I mean, you've hit rock bottom. So Almost the old rock bottom. I'm not at rock bottom, so like. Yeah, I mean, you haven't goose egged. Yeah. I mean, Maybe that's I'll go for that this week. Oh, my word. <laughs> you have to actually try to goose egg. Um, so we will be back Thursday with all of our pickums. We'll have uh, the breakdown of soccer action, preview volleyball, um, all kinds of stuff going on right here on 88.9 WFA. Also, you know what? We'll have the preview um, for Media Day as it's men's and women's basketball. Um, so we'll take a closer look at um, their upcoming season as well. You don't want to miss any of that right here on the morning after. In the meantime, tomorrow at 10 a.m., you can talk. Let you can check out Let's Talk Sports with Luke right here on 88.9 WFSE Fighting Scots Radio. So until two or until Thursday, Burrow, have yourselves a great day.